We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right. Welcome in. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Guess what? If you're here right now, you've already done better than the Denver Broncos did yesterday as you showed up. And Scott and I are showing up this morning uh, after a probably the lowest of the low. Uh, I got to say, Scott, my heart has already been snatched out and I'm be covering this team, you know, definitely lost a bit of the total fandom of it over time just because, you know, it's work and we want to move that biasy and whatnot. We don't want to be that, you know, fan reaction podcast, but games like this, God, it's a, it's, I guess a little easier to take with a loss. 70 to 20. I mean, what do you even say? You say that there was questions were asked and answered. Who's to blame? Well, the, the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. Everybody's hands are dirty, but again, when you can't, when a team is scoring like a basketball team, Nothing. You you have no chance to win. None. Zero. Hmm. Um, You know, how did we get here? Is it all on, you know, Vance Joseph? No. A lot of it is. A lot of it is, you know, and and, would you be surprised if he was relieved of duties, demoted, whatever, by what time is it? By the end of the day? No, you you wouldn't be. You, You wouldn't be surprised. And and head coaches can survive sacrificing one set of coordinators. Okay. You can, you, you're given kind of that pass kind of like a general manager can, can survive one coaching hire uh, and, and miss. And George Payton was on his, if this one fails, George Payton's gone, Payton's gone anyway. Um, But Sean Payton can sacrifice Vance Joseph and survive. You couldn't, you can't pull You can't play that card twice. So, you know, what are the odds he's, he's calling the defenses next week, Nick? I think the odds are still pretty good because where else do you have to go um, for that? It is such up, an early... Up. up the only I guess, place you can go. I think that's true overall, but I think you are making the job significantly harder on people whose jobs are already pretty hard and they're not getting it done because you're not going to come in and implement a new scheme. I mean, what guys, I guess you have... Vit on this roster that has some experience as well, but uh, are you in the evaluation process already for a Marcus Dixon at defensive coordinator or a Christian, uh, Parker. Chris, Christian Parker? Maybe would those guys even want the job right now, or would they turn it down given the lack of talent up front and the issues with the scheme? I mean, it is ugly. I mean, the Broncos come out in this game seventy points. Uh, let's just—I mean, just reading the stats, it doesn't even make sense. Let's go over some of them. First downs for the Dolphins thirty. Passing first down, 16 to 12, not crazy. Third down efficiency, five for nine on the surface, whatever. Uh, but then yards per play, yards per play, 10.2 yards per play, 13.4 yards per pass, 8.1 yards per run, six for six in the red zone. Uh, it was a Madden game out there. Everything the Dolphins wanted to do, they could do. The Broncos were getting injured. Uh, they couldn't tackle in the open field. They couldn't get pressure. They couldn't do anything uh systemic failure everybody i mean they should they should make the defense and the core the defensive coaching staff walk home uh, in this one i mean just uh, leave them on the tarmac uh and you know we don't have to kick them too much while they're down because they feel terrible too but like just an outright embarrassment of a performance and some one that you don't expect to see in the nfl i mean this is oregon versus portland state for god's sake where it's like 81 to 7 that that was the feel of this game 
Yeah, it, it, the thing is, it got away. This this team, we've talked about the mental toughness and the resiliency at some point too. And when things go bad, man, they just pack it up. They just pack it up. Mm-hmm. It's 7-0, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure this was right. 7-0, Broncos have the ball. Regardless, it's one score game at the time. Why don't you challenge that play, that that pass to, to Cortland Sutton that was yeah. ruled out of bounds for a bobble? That's a catch. Yeah. Four plays later, you're down another touchdown. And this thing's essentially already over. These guys are packing it in. The the defense, I think it was the second play because I feel like the Broncos had already scored and had shown some good pro, uh, some some good work on offense, had shown the ability to move the ball. And then it was the the, the Cortland Sutton one where you know they they didn't challenge the ball they give it right back you, you can't give that ball right back to them challenge it use a timeout it's the first half who cares use yeah. a timeout what is it with challenges in the denver broncos man so the I third coaching staff i've seen that doesn't that that, that, it's, that doesn't know how to use them the lack of oxygen in denver i think is uh re- messing with the frontal lobes <laughs> of the coaching staff i, 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 well, I don't know review guy down at sea level yeah i i said something uh figure it out but, uh, I mean, it's just crazy, Scott. We keep talking about, you know, okay, they have a quarterback in here. We're going to have competent football in Denver for the first time in years. Okay, no, Nathaniel Hackett. It's the Nathaniel Hackett uh, clown show. Sean Payton now. We're, you know, trading first-round picks and big contracts for a known commodity at head coach. No way. One thing we can have is we'll have get competent football and no more embarrassments. I, did we build something on a Native American burial ground? Did we sacrifice Tim Tebow the virgin for Peyton Manning, and now we're having a decade of – horrible football play. I mean, at some point we're, I don't know. I don't know what we analyze anymore. They're not good enough. The evaluations have been poor. The coaching has been poor and you get out here and you get absolutely eviscerated on football. I mean, I guess the only solaces we have is it wasn't a, a night game for the national audience. So at least they were, you know, going away from it other than like, Oh my God, how much the dolphins can keep scoring. Oh, well, we'll watch a different game. At least we were like hidden away, but like horrible. I don't even know where you go from here this season. Anything that you do do is just pushing, you know, do crap do. around the track. You said a mouthful <laughs> right there, Nick. Do do. Yeah, you're just swirling crap around the toilet at that point. Uh, I the season's done at this point. I mean, at three, you know, you could be two and three after this, but after that kind of loss, I mean, you kind of get an idea of who a team is. You know, the, the close scoring games, whatever. You see Washington go out there and get blanked in Buffalo. It's a team that you gave up 35 points to them last week or whatever it was. Is a horrible defense. Horrible team. It's not all, you know, we can't blame on Russell Wilson. It's just systemic failure. And I didn't, I don't even know where you go from here. It's just, it's, it's bad. It's ugly. It's bad. It's too early to start talking draft picks. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, maybe not. No, it's but not. Uh, no, I'm, I'm absolutely watching the other O for teams right now thinking, okay, what did it change? I meant to look that up. It is absolutely not, not. Not too soon to talk top five. The, the Bears moved ahead by percentage points at 0-3. There's four, four 0-3 teams. The uh, Bengals are 0-2. They play tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're favored by like a point and a half. And you expect them to turn it around a little bit. Yeah. Um, but no, it, it's not too early to, to think that this team could be drafting number one overall. Not after the what we've seen the last three weeks. Not after seeing them lose to a bad Raiders team at home. Not after seeing them lose to a an outmanned, okay at best, Washington Commanders team at home. Not after getting boat raced by the cigarette boats down in Miami and South Beach and giving up 70 points. It's not too early. And the thing that sucks even more is that you say you're fighting for that first overall pick. Well, you don't have your second overall pick. You don't have your third overall pick or third round pick. All you have is the Saints who look like a, we'll see what happens with uh, Derek Carr and his AC joint there, but they look like a pretty competent team. I mean, really good defense down there in new Orleans. So uh, you do have that first overall pick, but that's pretty much your only Avenue in getting this team out next year. And guess what, Scott, if you're adding a first round pick, let's say it's a top five pick, you're bringing in a, who's the super Olu fashion from Penn state offensive tackle. You're bringing in Marvin Harrison, jr. Great. Those guys are huge upgrades to, you know, Garrett Bowles in, in potential Garrett Bowles and Cortland Sutton, but you're still detracting in theory talent to add talents. I just, I don't even see the real avenues of this team super improving other than the guys you have on roster right now getting better. 
And I don't know about that. No, it's just, we, it's we bad. said all along, if, if it doesn't work in 2023, it's the nuke button. And it doesn't get better in 2024. It's going to be a building process then. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Denver Broncos. So uh, Erwin uh, Serrano coming in nice and early with a super. He says, good morning, guys. Any news of coaching changes? Not yet. It's still way early in in Denver, unless it was going to happen last night. Mark my words. If they keep Vance Joseph, um, Bears go up and down the field on Sunday. Sean Payton will be in serious trouble with everyone. And, and like I, I started the shows with, he can he can you can sacrifice one set of coordinators. In this case, he's the offensive coordinator. So you, you have to go on just defense. But in this case, the defense is such a crap show that it's obvious that you need to sacrifice a, a defensive coordinator there. Um, oh, and you, you mentioned top five. No, you, you got to go quarterback, Nick. I mean, you 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 have you would have to go quarterback if they don't get the. You have to have a top two pick to go quarterback in this one. Then and- I mean. Uh, you look at it, well, to your point, as we're saying, if you don't this year, you're in a chance of having a top five pick in back-to-back years. Yeah. Back-to-back-to-back years, right? What yeah. was the pick this year? Was it six? Five. It was five. It was five. Okay, so back-to-back-to-back yeah. to back to back years. I have a question for you, Nick. Since we've seen this now through three coaching staffs, ownership change, quarterback change, what are the constants? For this, a lot of the because players. it's gotten worse. It, it. I mean, last year, I still think this team overall is better than it was last year. I know there was some. I, I think it. It is. I Should think be. it is. There's facets that are so much worse, but there's everything. Like it was bad. I guess the defense. You could. You could argue the defense was kind of on level with where the offense is this year. Where the offense was okay. The defense was okay last year, but outgunned. It's kind of in reverse because I did think about this this morning or yesterday where the offense is playing okay, but everybody loses heart when the other side is playing so poorly. We saw that last year, you know, that the, the, the defense was doing a good job and then they get blamed for giving up a score at the end of the game. Like the offense couldn't, it was 40 to 20 in, in points and with three turnovers, the defense played admirably. So it's, it's like, it's completely flipped on its head this year with with the uh with with the defense so on the whole maybe it's not any better because the defense was competent last year nick special teams weren't yeah special teams weren't i just again you have that first overall pick that is your one big asset and let's say you do draft caleb williams you're talking like a long-term uh rebuild on that one it's and this isn't russell wilson's fault but no single first round pick is going to stop what happened yesterday uh, for the Broncos and you're in the red next year as well on contract. So you don't have like these massive easy ways to rebuild this team quickly. Uh, 
in hindsight, you probably should have not been super aggressive in your offseason this year. You know, you won free agency, Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, Zach Allen. Uh, now you're stuck with those contracts. McGlinchey looked terrible again. I mean, Bradley Chubb had a hell of a game uh, for them out there. It's So you are you're in this weird wishy-wash stage where you don't really have the total war chest of draft picks, draft capital. You're going to be in the red on um, your salary cap space. Obviously there's a lot of guys you can move on from, but it's, it is probably time for a true outright rebuild. You're going to have to subtract perceived talent entering next season to build on that and go forward. And that's a tough place to be, but I mean, that's the one thing they haven't done. And the actual tear it down to the studs, rebuild uh we watched the lions this last week talk about a team they tore it down to the studs and they've then built it you know slowly trenches early picks and got the right coaching staff in and it's worked i think it's probably it's probably that time for the broncos as well especially if they lose to the bears next week if they i think they're gonna come out and play physical against the bears and that's i mean nobody should have to watch that that should be punishment in like siberia oh we're gonna turn on the broncos bears oh god no why uh but uh, that is a train wreck. I that's mean, one. I mean, train wrecks, at least, you know, have a fun explosion. This is just going to be watching people. I, yeah. It's, I bad, it's bad football. It's is bad. what you don't, you don't want to watch yeah. in, in, uh, got the first 35 minutes of Texas A&M and Auburn on Saturday. It was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe two teams are this incompetent. And then Texas got it to A&M got it going. That's kind of like, Okay, these are both yeah. bad teams. It should be a competitive game, but yeah, but it's it's bad football, man. It's missed blocks, it's drop passes, it's penalties, it's it's all that kind of stuff. Getting back to good morning, Michael Ronquillo. Thank you for coming in with the stars. Appreciate you uh, you supporting our shows this morning, my friend. Um, but what I was kind of going with this, Nick, and this isn't groundbreaking or anything, but when we talk about you know burning it down, this is my third season with this team. The constants in the coaching staff, there aren't any. It's It's been turned over. From a player perspective, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Garrett Bowles, Lloyd Cushenberry. I guess I was here Quinn Miner's rookie year. This is his third year, correct? Mm -hmm. You were here third. for that draft. Yeah, third year. Quinn Miner's. Uh, that's it there. On the defensive side of the ball, Josie Jewell, Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons and Pat Sertan. Guess who else? Not player. But who's been here for this whole time? George Payton. George Payton. George Payton. Um, and, you know, all the things you mentioned. Because what we, we'd always talked about before, and I'm not putting those contracts on him, and, and, and the guys that you signed to longer-term deals – we're younger, you're considering building blocks. Okay, Zach Allen, we want him for several years. This isn't a one-year fix. We want Mike McGlinchey to fix the right tackle position. We want Ben Powers. He's on a two-year deal. His is a little bit better. We want to fix that left. We threw a bunch of money at it, but God, you can't miss. What, what do we say all the time? It's, it's, not, it's, it's not the guys that you don't get that kill you that are playing for somebody else. It's the guys you get that can't play that kill you. And the, the new acquisitions are not making an impact. A positive impact. <laughs> They're not making a positive right? impact, but you know, there's there's no way, there's no way George Payton is a general manager of this team come February first. No way. No. Yeah, and uh, that's another one where you you know you move on from George Payton right now. Uh, not going to do much, but he's somebody that's probably out of a job. I. They're probably now working to see, uh, you know, Justin Simmons on the phone, Cortland Sutton uh, on the phone, and you're not going to get a lot for those guys either. I mean, you're talking about day three picks. It's not really going to re-up the, uh, the the war chest, so to speak, on that. That if you can even call it that. So, yeah, it's I don't we don't have enough fingers to point for blame in this one. And man, I don't know if you got a chance to see the uh, post conference or post game conference, but Sean Payton looked defeated out. I mean, we feel bad right now. Those players got to feel horrible. They're going to go through the tape and it's going to be a, probably a six hour film session uh, today of public embarrassment of guys just getting whipped on open space. And we've been talking a lot about the Broncos as we should be because the Broncos podcast, obviously, but we do want also, I think we need to tip our cap to Mike McDaniel and the, uh, the Miami dolphins. I mean, doing that without Jalen Waddle back there is unbelievable. Uh, Devon A-Chain, Mostert, I mean, Mike McDaniel, the Broncos didn't even interview him 
uh, last two draft cycle or two coaching cycles ago. Uh, and he ends up going to Miami. A lot of people are like, Oh, this could either work out great or terribly. And he's got that team humming to is playing at an MVP level right now. And, uh, Denver was exploited thoroughly early often, and it just completely got off the rails from there. So, uh, really, really a, did want to give a positive shout out to Mike McDaniel and this Dolphins team as well. This is the team, Scott, we talked about all off season, like, Oh, do we trust them? Is Tua going to be okay? They feel like they're an AFC, you know, squeaker kind of team with how that offense is playing right now in the scheme. I mean, you might be talking about legit AFC favorites. I mean, there's some good teams in the AFC, but they could, if they can put up <laughs> score, like they have not only against the Broncos, but any of these teams uh, so far, they can beat anybody. No, so I'd, I'd uh, say Bills, Dolphins. Chiefs, Dolphins, you know, yeah. right there, it should come down to Ravens. two of those three should be playing in the AFC championship game. Yeah. yeah you Ravens. mentioned Sean Payton. You mentioned who, who was the last one? I don't even remember. I thought you were saying you were adding a fourth team. Uh, I was going to say, the, I know the Ravens lost to the Colts, but they still feel like a salty team overall. Okay. Um, this was Sean Payton uh, immediately after the game. Actually, uh, that was embarrassing and uh, tough to watch. Aside from the kick return, there weren't a lot of positives to take from that game. Um, you know, we had our opportunities offensively early, two penalties, you know, take touchdowns off the board. And I don't know that I think they punted one time. So any questions? Um, oh, let me actually, I want to finish you know, this. So it, someone tried one to thing get to say, hey, we're, we're going to go on to the next of, game. But, you know, what do you uh, feel? This is what he's asking. The historical so, Listen, this, this season's full of those type of moments, you know, and this one obviously is difficult to be sitting here 0-3 talking to you guys. Um, there'll be more. I'm aware. What's the question? What's the question? I just finished telling you. Next question. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games and get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Do you realize that? Yeah, I, I know. What's the question? That is historically they had a chance. What's the question? Um, you know, I understand I'm getting a, a, a little upset about that. Um, you know, when, when these reporters go in and try and be the show, so to speak. Um, but it was tough, and I'll be a little surprised. And if you're just joining us, our numbers have really ramped up as as uh YouTube has gone out and find y'all and, and Facebook has gone out and found y'all with as you're as you're joining. Why are you talking about George Payton if you just came in? Why aren't you talking about Vance Joseph? Because in the first five minutes of the show, we were discussing whether whether Vance Joseph made it to the end of the day. <laughs> we agree with you. Um, and there's discussion, discussing back and forth in here about Russell Wilson. Is it his fault? Is it not his fault? At this point, you know what I say about it, Nick? It doesn't matter. No. It, it doesn't matter. The it, For the same reason the Seattle Seahawks with an established coaching staff were ready to move on is because they didn't think they were, they, they thought they were better off recouping draft picks, players, etc. that they were like, okay, we're going to need to rebuild. We have an asset we can move on from to help with that. And they, they, then they hit a home run with Geno Smith who came in and played well. And they've got an established coaching staff who has got a proven track record. So they accelerated their rebuild by moving on. This team's not going anywhere with Russell Wilson, whether he's Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers reincarnated right now. It doesn't matter. Russell Wilson does not matter right now. His contract does. His no. contract does. This team has to move on one way or another from Russell Wilson because they're not going to go anywhere with him, no matter how he's playing. And he's a hindrance to your rebuild. Yeah. You're kind of stuck. With him, I mean, it might just have to be a total teardown. And I I guess the one thing, and this is really nihilistic and dark Broncos fans, so sorry about this, but you were probably in a uh, crappy spot anyway in the division for the next, you know, 10 years. So what's another, you know, two to three years from now rebuild because you still have Patrick Mahomes in the division. At least 
by the time you get out of the Russell Wilson contract and completely turn over this roster and coaching staff will be three years into the future. And you'll be that much closer to Russell Wilson finally being, (laughs) finally uh, being out of the league, even though we got another homes excuse me. Yes. Patrick Mahomes. Um, So, and maybe Andy Reid will be gone by that point, but that's, you know, that's at this point, all you can do is laugh. I mean, this felt like the, as low as it gets. I don't know if it's any lower than Patrick Starr clowning uh, the Broncos on uh, Christmas Day when Russell Wilson threw that pick six, because this one at least was like hidden a little bit more. But this is a uh, this is a bad spot. And you talk about moving on from Russell Wilson. Broncos, if they're this bad going forward, I mean, they might have their hand pushed into that. I mean, because you're not going to miss on the chance of taking a Caleb Williams or a Drake May in this class if you have that guy. No, uh, even I, if Russell I think, again, you might end up. Financially speaking, we've talked about this. You might end up mothballing him. You know, mm-hmm. next year, his $35 million, I think that's what it is, cap hit is better than what you would get by moving on from him. Yeah. So you make him the emergency quarterback, you keep him on the 53 or whatnot, but you you mothball him, but you try and, and move on. You're certainly not planning with him. So he could be the quarterback next year if he wants to do that, or he would have to come back and give money back to the Broncos. Yeah, the only and it's way not... You could- the only way you can move him is if he if he renegotiated his contract to give money back, give some of that signing bonus back. Mm-hmm. It's like almost a do-over to say, listen, I, I want to keep playing. I've made enough money. It, that's not completely out of the question mm-hmm. that he he says, we need to move on. Okay, we got we to gotta redo your contract where you take a significant pay cut in order to be moved or else we can't move you. We can't afford... $40 million in dead cap two years in a row to move on from you. Yeah, um, exactly. And that's just talking again. I see people in the comments already getting a little bit persnickety about uh, the Russell Wilson stuff. It's not that uh, Russell Wilson was the problem in this game. It's that this team, Russell Wilson is 34 years old and this team is so dysfunctional and lacking in talent that there's nowhere that the timeline matches up for Russell Wilson's as a good enough quarterback where you have enough talent around him on this team. He's not the problem. I mean, heck Scott, we might be approaching this situation where he looks good enough. I know the contract's bad, but like maybe somebody would want to take him off your hands. uh, And you're still eating a good amount of that contract, but then you're not paying him totally. You get some draft picks back and uh, he's uh, better off. Everybody's better off for their situation. I know it's a tough situation with how the contract is set up, but there's gotta be, I mean, with, with how he's playing right now, I would say he's playing like a top 12 quarterback. I, I mean, there's somebody who'd probably want him if this team really needs to accelerate that. But uh, 0-3 and not many avenues to add talent quickly. This is going to be a slow teardown and probably a slow rebuild as well, unfortunately. His base salary for 2024 is only $17 million. That's movable. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is you're going to take on a big dead cap number to do that. Big, like record-setting yeah. big. In order to do that next year, would you be willing to do it? Depends on what you got in return. So it, it is possible. Can you trade him? Yeah. You're not going to be able to do anything with it. I, I watched this with Matt Ryan. You know, I watched them trade him for a second round pick. Second round pick. I think that's right. Second round pick to the Colts and a 45 million. I thought it was a second. Could have been a third. <laughs> you could be right. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but they took a $45 million dead cap hit to do it, you know, because they knew they weren't going anywhere. Um, problem is, is Russell's is bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's it's bigger. It would be even after you, if you're able to get up 17, it'd still be in the number of 60 to do. You want that over two years or just eat it all in one? Kenny comes in KB82. He says that the Broncos give up 50 next game. Do they start making calls for replacement as coordinator? Who are the some of the targets you'd like to replacement? Kenny, I think those calls are already being discussed right now. I'm I'm not positive Vance Joseph is coaching. Calling the plays is the defensive coordinator calling the plays next week. I, I would not want to put a lot of money on that either way. I think it's 50-50, maybe 60-40 that he is. But, Kenny, it's, that's already happening, brother. It is. Yeah, we could see Greg Manuski um, get the call up there. Uh, he's been somebody that uh, has been with uh, 22 years of coaching experience. Probably Joe Bitt's, you know, son has said enough where he's not – he wouldn't be the guy, but – I got to say, you know, talking with the players in this situation and when this happens, you, the fan base feels good about the firing. 
but typically you get a one game boost and it's back to same back to the, where you are. The talent isn't changing dramatically. The scheme isn't going to change dramatically. I mean, you kind of, it's kind of like when you, I don't know about you, Scott, if you played video games like this, but I used to always love to play general manager and then I'd sim the games. You've built your team. This is the bed that you made. Yeah. (laughs) You built, you built your team. This is who it is. You're simming it. Now you're watching back. Uh, the feet, uh, firing Vance Joseph, I don't think is going to actually make too much of a difference for the outcome of the games this season. Uh, was he a mistake hiring in hindsight? Yes, but again, I'm watching this game. You're not getting home. You're not tackling in space. You can't cover. I, I don't care if it's freaking. Uh, I don't know. Give me, give me a defensive coordinator. There isn't here. anybody in that front five that can get off a block, Nick. Not it's not one. one. Not, not one. One that can get off a block. You got a couple guys that can win with speed. But once they get engaged, it's over. So you're rushing five, and you're blocking with five, and you've got four in the route. Five in the route. Five, six, five in the route. Because you're blocking with five, quarterback, that's six, that's five receivers out in the route. Yeah. You're then covering with six players. It doesn't work that way. Not no. when you got a quarterback getting time. Your defensive um, front is not good enough. Your coverage outside of Patrick Stan is not good enough. Your depth is not good enough. Um, and th- this is, you know, nobody has absolved the blame. I've definitely the last, you know, two weeks have been like, okay, Vance Joseph. No, not good enough. Probably not here at the end of the year. I don't know what more, uh, I mean, obviously there's more he could do, but like the results you're seeing are not hundred percent Vance Joseph. And I'm sorry to tell the fans, but you fire v- Vance Joseph. It's not Lottie Dow. We're back to the, what we were years before you're you don't have the talent no, but you're not giving up 70 you're not no. you're not getting boat race like that the players no. uh, there's so much emotion involved in playing defense and these guys aren't playing hard flat no. out i mean Tech, technique everybody's is bad team. yeah it's sorry to it's, it's how, we're processing this just like you guys are i mean we don't i don't even know what we just saw in this game uh but definitely there is so much blame uh to go around and rightfully so vance joseph george payton the players the positional coaches I, I do not envy them today going through the the film room. And the Broncos offense also is not, you know, great. They had opportunities in this one. The Dolphins were playing pretty soft coverage, but uh, I don't have the stats up anymore. Well, the not only three uh, third down conversions, if I recall. I mean, the fumbles from Cortland Sutton is supposed to be your playmaker out there and making boneheaded play. He won't do it again. That's for sure. Does the exact same thing again. I mean, protect the damn ball. Get your head in the game. Unbelievable uh, from so many guys. And it's 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 everybody. Naj coming in talking about everybody. God bless you, Naj. 49.99 says, Hey, brothers, this is the most embarrassed I've been in 39 years as a Broncos fan. Thank God it wasn't prime time, Naj. A lot of people squared that one away and weren't watching. Uh, Peyton talked a lot of S, and this is karma to me. Pissed off a lot of people with those Hackett comments. He's done everything differently, and the results are worse. This was a terrible game, and it was worse not having Justin Simmons back there. Vance Joseph should be, honestly, I, I've been again saying he shouldn't be fired, but like going to a 4 3. This week, because the Patriots had a little bit of success last week with a 3-4-4-3 hybrid. Well, the Patriots have been trying to implement that all offseason, and they're a team of hybrid defenders back there. They actually have the guys where you can play a little bit of hybrid ball. You don't. You play the first 4-3 we've seen in Denver since 2011. Uh, I don't freaking know, and you, it looks like that. Nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody knows their run fits. Uh, it's, it is unbelievable. Somebody should be, I guess the more I talk about it, somebody should be fired for this. Uh, just you, you can't accept that uh, from what they put out there. It's just unacceptable. Somebody no, said they say that you hear that word a lot after something like this. Unacceptable. And and it is Naj. Appreciate you coming in. Um, Sean Payton. I, I said it in January. I'll say it again. Sean Payton's a jerk. He is. Mm. You don't you don't mind it when he's your jerk and he's having success. When he doesn't, he sounds a lot like I don't one of the. I actually named an award after this guy who has gotten paid the most for doing the least was a guy named Charlie Weiss. Y'all might remember him. Actually, he's in Kansas City, so I'm sure you remember him. He came into uh, and took a job at Notre Dame and just started talking all yap, 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 yap. And it's just nobody's reinventing this game, and it's it's hard. It, it's it's tough. And the, the Broncos, we've talked about momentum, positive momentum, play-to-play momentum, week-to-week momentum, year-to-year momentum. When I started running through those names of players that have been here, the the the, the, the non-turnover, a lot of stuff has turned over with the Broncos, but there's still some same there. A lot of those key players have never experienced a winning season. A lot of them. You know, Russell Wilson has. He's a key player. Garrett Bowles, Justin Simmons, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. 
who are some of the guys making mistakes out there? I mean, there's a lot to go around. Um, you know, Randy Gregory out there. I, I had to ask, Randy Gregory did not make the box score. He didn't make it. He didn't make it with a QB hit. He didn't make it with a tackle. He didn't make it with an assist. It's a $13, $15 million guy that isn't in the box score. There's so much bad, as y'all know right now. There's so much bad that, you know, maybe we need to spend the last half hour and do a preview of building the Broncos. How, how do you rebuild this team, Nick? What are the steps? What are the steps it's going to take and what's the timeline? Uh, you are probably getting, you're going to eat a bleep ton, ton of dead money uh, this next season. And the guys you're moving on from are pretty much all the veterans that were not signed uh, this last season. So you're seeing what you can get trade wise for a Garrett Bulls, for a Cortland Sutton, for a DJ Jones, for a Justin Simmons. And you're playing, you know, AAF caliber guys probably down the stretch this season. And you're just, you're casting some lottery tickets and hoping that you can find somebody who can be a cheap player that can contribute next season, not even be a starter, but like guys like, can you land in the league and get those guys kind of reps? So then you, you move on the salary cap as soon as possible from those guys. If you're trading them, uh, you are then also getting some draft picks back, at least giving you some more young contracts to come in here. 2024 then next season is going to be very rough, a low season uh, because you'll be dealing with a lot of dead cap ramifications, but then, you know, 2025 off season, 2026, you have the ability to be out of a lot of these contracts, including the ones you just signed this off season and uh, start to push forward and can hopefully really overturn this roster. But I, you can think of a lot of examples where teams, you know, haven't really gone to the pure studs teardowns and does it work or not. It's hard to say, but what I, I mean, it's hard to totally build it around when you've been so bad for so long, but I can tell you that the money, the guys they have right now, the window that they have right now with the guys they've signed, it's it's over. It's not going anywhere. So why piddle around in the what's coming inevitably? You know, just just get it done. Rip. We we've used the phrase before. Just rip the bandaid off. Um, just do it. There were four players that played a hundred percent of the defensive snaps. Nick, they were. It's well, they're all the the, the secondary. I'm looking it back up. I don't even have to look it back up. I know who they were. Uh, Delarian Turner Yell. Pat Sertan, Damari Mathis, and Kareem Jackson. Those are four guys that were on the field for every snap. How many of those guys do you want on the field for every snap? One. Yeah, one. One. It's a, it's a personnel problem. It's a coaching problem. It's a management problem. There's not, I'm blaming this. Okay, well, you can rank them. That's fine with me. But there's not just one quick fix. If we change Vance Joseph, it all gets better. It, it, it should it, it really <laughs> here we go again Nick it really can't get worse than giving up 70 to the I'm done saying that <laughs> it'll be 80 next week's against the Bears or something like Justin Fields will like um, oh finally figured it out Justin Lloyd was ready to come in and talk appreciate the the super chat Justin <clears throat> he's ready to start talking giraffe next year and if the Broncos are in the aren't in the top two to take a quarterback he says uh Jared versus Marvin Harrison are trade back um again if you're not in the top three, a trade back would be spectacular. Can you do it? You know, would you be able to come out of that spot? I think somebody would you, probably would. would you take, I, I think Harrison would make a difference. You trade Judy for what you can get and you, and you trade and you get Harrison if you can. Um, yeah. Otherwise the quarterbacks, obviously. Um, but you know, you would at a four, was there someone you take or, you know, in this state, when we're talking about dead cap money, rebuild, lack of players, trade back, trade back, trade back, trade back. That's what you're trying to do, but it's not always that easy. There's got to be somebody that wants to trade up. I think if you have a top three pick, uh, you are where you are. I think you also resetting with Harrison and getting a player at wide receiver that I think is a Hall of Fame caliber player as a prospect and one of the best wide receiver prospects we've ever seen. Uh, I think you stay there at that unless somebody offers you a uh, Dolphins versus 49ers kind of trade to come up and get him where it's you know three first round picks. I probably still take uh, Harrison in that case. But real question is then if you're picking at one or two, um, what would it take to trade? I think you probably just take the quarterback and it's still a long-term perspective. It's not going to help you in 2024, 2025 with the results, but it helps accelerate your ability to be out of this window um, for the, uh, the losing window that we're in right now. Um, yeah. General manager gone, Vance Joseph's gone. It's, it's, it doesn't really matter to me when it happens. 
because it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And the getting through the next, I mean, I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the fans. I feel bad for us, Scott. I mean, 14 games, uh, 14 more games to go of this. Uh, I think they'll get better as well, but this is just a team that's super devoid of talent. And uh, I think it starts at the top with George Payton. I mean, we talk, I can watch the Falcons this week on defense and almost every single free agent signing they brought in on that defensive side, the guy is playing at or above their signing. I mean, even Bates, you paid him big money. He's playing great football. Ellis is playing awesome. Anyamata Campbell, every single one of those is a hit. Then you go over to the Broncos and it's like, okay, who on this defense, what signings have been actual, you know, hits Kareem Jackson doesn't look good. Drafting Mathis, not good. Uh, Gregory, horrible. Allen's probably not lived up to it so far. DJ Jones has not been good this season. I mean, just every single one who is playing above uh, what you expected and wanted. So it's, uh, this is, what do they say? The fish rotten from the head. It's just, maybe this is a, not a ramification, but you know, the issues with that, without ownership for a number of years, but uh, there's no fast fix on this. I think going for Sean Payton, fast fix, Russell Wilson, facts, fast fix. You tried those. I think you just have to admit to it. You suck um, and uh, tear it down, burn it down. And hopefully two to three years from now, you are on the correct path and good luck, Sean Payton. Uh, This is a tough spot, but at least then we'd have direction. No in half in half out. I'm so tired of the half in half out. And and I'd like to say that, okay, uh, what are one of the good, the two good things I've seen from, from Payton for the most part, um, now that we've got a little more data, you know, you'd think draft and contract management is two things I've given them uh, credit for the last couple of years. We go back and it's hard to get too critical about drafts when you're giving up so many picks, Nick. But let's just run through the draft real quick. Um, first draft, Sertan hit, Williams hit, Quinn Miners hit, Baron Browning. Uh, I'm calling that a miss. Just because he's not, he hasn't made an impact. Caden Stearns missed. Jamar Johnson missed. Seth Williams missed. Kerry Vincent Jr. missed. Jonathan Cooper, seventh round hit for a seventh rounder. Marquis Spencer, uh, you know, no impact. So it's not necessarily hit miss. It's just impact or no impact. Go back to next year. Nick Benito, no impact. Greg Dulcich, no impact. Damari Mathis, he's out there. Uh, Awazarike, Turner Yell, Montreal Washington, Luke Wattenberg, Matt Henningsen, Fayon Hicks. Ouch. You basically just flushed a draft class last year's. And then this year's too early. Like what I see from Marvin Mims a lot. Uh, that's one of the young players you start talking about where, where are we going early? And it, it's too early for these guys, but you, you flushed last year's draft class around. So in you know two years, you got three players. Javante, and you got a you know a decent backup in in Jonathan Cooper, who's starting 75 percent of your snaps. There's another problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't have to make the case against George Payton, but there's again, it's not just um, <laughs> it's not just Vance, Sir Galad. We're not debating this. We're not. We're just saying it's not gonna fix everything by making one move like that. It, it's it's so much easier to say, man, if I just made this one change, it would be, everything would be glorious. It's going to be tougher than that. And, and, and Arlie, I agree. says, um, uh, he says, Mims look great. Mims, Mims looks really good. I, I think that's a, that's been a great pick, but it costs you a trade up to get him too. cost you a couple picks, didn't it, Nick? And again, that I believe is on Sean Payton as much as anything. And having a general manager who is also your coach, is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a uh, tough spot. Coach is always going for it now. General manager is looking three to five year window. And uh, the Broncos have been trading away from their asset accumulation. And uh, it makes it that you have to be perfect in those hits. And you're talking about that 2022 draft that looks like a complete flush of the toilet right now. Um, and well, part of that is misses on the picks. Uh, but part of that is just not having a lot of picks, and that's a misclassification too. And I'd be fired if I was the Broncos general manager. I can admit that because I thought they were, you know, f- pretty close and getting a quarterback in here might be enough to give them that nudge. And then you show how quickly uh, talent turnover can change in the NFL, and it looks bad. So uh, yeah, pretty rough. And yeah, Scott, we've uh, we've been making points about this is uh, probably the last season for George Payton. They were going to get this year, and if not, he was gone. I think it's only three games in, but I think we can say pretty safely that uh, he's going to be gone. Yeah, you made the case against George Payton. Yeah, I know. 
Um, We've been I doing it. I, I in in the spring or winter. I don't remember exactly when it was when when Peyton when George too many Peytons when Sean Peyton was hired. One of y'all or Nick, you may have asked me, do you expect him to be the the general manager? I said, come August first. No, I do not. Come July first. No, I do not. They might give him the draft. I do not expect him to be the general manager on July first. Now he he is. They seem to reading body language and all that kind of stuff. And it, it felt like, okay, they're, they've worked out a working relationship for at least this year. There's no way this man is a general manager come February 1st. There's, there's just no way. I'm not placing all the blame on him. You know, I don't know the mitigating circumstances. You know, my hands were tied. I, you know, had to do this, this, and this because the ownership says, okay, that's fine. But it, at the end of the day, it, it falls on your head. That, that's the job. He's being compensated really, really well to do this. That's the job he ain't going to last. And you know what? The thing is too, we're talking about this team being, you know, absolutely dreadful. Owen three, terrible game. This felt like a game that was definitely a buzzsaw. I mean, you lost Justin Simmons, who's definitely a linchpin of that back seven. Then you lose Josie jewel as well. And from there it is, you know, that Titanic taking on water. I mean, people don't know where they're supposed to be uh, on top of trying to implement a four, three run fits. I mean, it's just, this was a, what is Murphy's, Murphy's law, right? Whatever can go wrong will. And that's what it was. I mean, you, we saw, I guess maybe we can put to bed everybody screaming for Drew Sanders to get more snaps because Buddy looked lost out there. What a terrible first game for him to get in there too. I mean, just, you know, my, Mike McDaniel doing a master class on him, but uh, Josie Jewell being in the right place at the right time is, uh, even with his limitations, big difference maker for that back seven because once he went down, Devon A-Chain looked like goddamn uh, Barry Sanders out there on every single play. So it's uh it's rough for Denver right now. I do think though the season while playoffs are lost, I don't think it's an inevitability, Scott, that this team is picking top five. So I know they're bad, but I think this was a terrible game. You have a very bad Bears team next. You got a Jets team that looked pretty incompetent this week as well. I mean, I'm expecting I'm expecting Denver to only win, you know, three to four games now after what we've seen. Uh, but this is still Sean Payton, and you have a lot of games to go. You could see a totally different team uh come the end of the season than we are right now, but it's not going to be totally different players, which makes me think that your ability to change is not super drastic. No, it's not an inevitability, but it has entered the chat. Yes. It's it's certainly on the table. And we'll discuss, you know, we're here three days a week, four or five days a week. We will talk about it. We will discuss all the possibilities. Mm-hmm. Just like last week, we said it's not completely out of the question that you go in and win in Miami. And the narrative has completely changed, even at one and two. How, how do I know this? Because Houston went to Jacksonville and beat 17. the Jaguars. Houston's yep. terrible. Arizona hey, Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals go in and beat the Dallas Cowboys. I, I think that was in Arizona. Regardless, um, Colts maybe, go yeah. down to Jacksonville. They never win in Jacksonville ever. I think it was in Jacksonville. They win that game. Baltimore. Baltimore. Sorry, somebody beat the Jaguars. The Texans. Yeah, they they uh, that was just as improbable. The Colts go to Baltimore. I know that was at Baltimore. No wonder it didn't quite click. That was mm-hmm. at Baltimore and beat the Ravens. That's how I know it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But it's also a possibility right now that we're leaning towards that this team's picking in the top five. This the next two weeks are going to be extremely telling. If we're sitting here at zero and five, it, well, let's let's hit this question real quick. Then we'll get to uh, get to Kenny again on his super chat. Connor says, why are people saying trade Patrick Sertan? Why the hell would you make yourselves worse for picks that will just be miss as we have seen? Well, you know, if you can't draft, then there's no point in getting draft picks at all. Why even play the game? (laughs) Well, I mean, why even draft? Just trade them all away for established players. Um, But you're hoping that you can get better through the draft. And with the cost control contracts, with your expensive veterans, you're going to need as many of those cost control guys you can. Let's let's talk about this, Connor, though, with the using the same example we talk about Russell Wilson at the beginning of the show. It's Russell Wilson doesn't really matter. Is it Russell's fault? Is it not Russell's fault? It doesn't it doesn't matter at this point. I, I just unless you can get him to play well enough that we've talked about, you can get somebody to pick up some of his money and you can get a, a day two pick out of him, then great. But I, I just don't see this this team being good enough to be in Russell Wilson's window of being able to play at a competitive level where he's 36, 37 years old. So it doesn't really matter. 
Pat Sertan is in the third year of his contract. Now you could franchise tag him and you could get him up to six years or so, but next year he's entering the fourth year of his contract. You get a fifth year option right now. If he's hitting free agency, you know, what, what's the likelihood? Is he more likely to, if you put a franchise tag him in year five, which is just 2025, that's not that far away. No. It is two more. It's 2026. And you'd put a franchise tag on him, but or someone comes and says, we'll give you three first-round draft picks because we're the Miami Dolphins and we think we're one cornerback away from winning the Super Bowl. Hmm. Maybe. You know, you're not, nothing's off the table. It would still take a, here's a deal you cannot refuse type of offer, Nick. But no, I mean, Pat Sertan's your, your best player for sure. But you wouldn't automatically say no. I'd pick up the phone. I'm listening. Yeah, the issue with that is that if the Dolphins are trading right now, you're talking about it, what, pick 28 overall to pick 32 right now? That was just an example. Yeah, I know, I know. But the, the thing is, I don't see it happening right now. Uh, he's going to play out the season now. If we get to the offseason and this team is terrible and a team picking in the top 10 is out there with him, let's say, um, hypothetically, uh, I don't know, team that shouldn't be picking in the top 10 is, let's say the Bengals, for example. Atlanta they have Falcons. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons should. need another cornerback, or you know, you make A.J. Terrell cornerback number two, and that defense is done. It's yeah. freaking Got to get sad. after the passer a little bit with some I know. younger pass rushers. But, uh, the, yeah, the, I can't imagine it happening during the season because I would need not only three first-round picks back, but one of those probably needs to be a top-ten pick, um, and we don't know that right now, so probably not happening until the offseason. The guys you're talking about right now are the ones with – a little bit left in the contract. Um, see if you can get anything to clear that salary cap starting today. Uh, you know, Cortland Sutton, you got to hold on to the damn ball. Uh, Justin Simmons, stay healthy. Uh, Garrett Bowles, uh, DJ Jones, Randy Gregory. These are the ones where you're talking about, you know, getting back, you know, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick, but you're already starting to eat into that some of that salary cap immediately with an additional pick that gives you some flexibility, another cost control guy uh, going forward. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, we want to see what they look like versus the Bears, uh, versus the Jets as well. But uh, this is hope, probably the low point, and season's probably done in this one. Now the question is, just how bad are you? Do you want to accelerate this process and move on from it and reset it? If you lose in Chicago, which, as dark as it sounds, Scott, it might be the best thing for the Broncos if they lose in Chicago to guarantee them. I mean, you're talking about the difference there between probably six pick six to 12 to pick one to five with the perception of that loss. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, best case scenario is 14 and 0. I mean, that's, but is that it really on the table? No, it's not. That's not realistic. Yeah. So it, it just, it goes back to thinking, you know, what your belief is, is how far away is this team from actually competing? You know, there's a, a very realistic, we talked all, we talked about it all last week with a better defensive coordinator is what are we talking about? We're probably talking about this team being two and zero against two bad teams. Washington Commanders and Las Vegas Raiders. And that's why it was so important to win those two games because the schedule is about to get tough. Yeah. You you should have come out of your first four, three, and one. It was absolutely necessary. KB comes in, he says, now that we're putting this on the table, if you get a top five pick, who do you target? Is Travis Hunter eligible for the draft? He is not. Um, he is a sophomore. It's his second year. He was um, all freshman All-American at uh, Jackson State last year. So he is in his second year. Um, but you know, who do you target at top five? I mean, first you're, you're looking at quarterback. Is there any chance there's three QBs in the top five this year? I, I think the first three of the one that looks the, the least ready right now, it's the one that went one overall Stroud had a good game. Anthony Richardson has looked pretty good. He kind of snuck up in there into the top five, Nick. Um, yeah. you know, Will Levis was supposed to be in there and he's not even making rosters right now. Yeah, the I think there is four players right now that we can say pretty safely will end up in the top five, and uh, not sure if uh, who ends up being that fifth guy. But um, Caleb Williams, unless something off the field happens or injury or whatever, pencil him in for number one overall. Unless he decides to go back and play that NIL game because he doesn't want to go to Arizona. Happen, which could happen. This is a totally the wild west in terms of what NIL's impact is on these draft players. I would assume he comes out still. Uh, but Caleb Williams, number one overall, number two overall. Right now, I'd be shocked if it wasn't Drake May. Uh, Marvin Harrison's one of the best wide receiver prospects we've ever seen, but we'd be talking a lot more about Drake May if it wasn't Caleb Williams out here showing like video games, uh, snap after snap. And then after that, we have Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State, probably one of the best wide receiver prospects 
to come out in some time. Um, he really, really reminds me of AJ Green out there. So you, is that going to turn around the entire NFL season this year or your team? Is Marvin Harrison that tall? He's tall. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't look it when he plays, but I haven't, I just watched him a little bit. I wasn't, I haven't truly scouted him. I was just kind of watching. And AJ was 6'3, I believe. Uh, he was stringy, strong, one of those like baseball player types. Um, and uh, I didn't, I didn't, Marvin didn't just didn't see him. I know his dad was, you know, six sure. one plus. Marvin Harrison Jr. is six four two ten. Yeah, wow. He doesn't. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. you're, you're it, when you when you're that big and you don't look it, it's because you're so proportion. Yeah. It's like wow, you don't realize how big he is until you stand up next to him. That's a compliment. That's yeah. that's absolutely a compliment. No, he's uh he is uh I think number three overall um a wide receiver, a legitimate number one superstar wide receiver. I think is only beat out by a legitimate superstar pass rusher and then quarterback because of how much of one wide receiver I mean, you can, everything can run through one godly player at wide receiver. And I think Marvin Harrison, you still need the quarterback and whatnot, but it makes it that much easier. Your offense is going to be, you're going to have something you can lean on every week. I wonder, I mean, the, the game has changed because, you know, uh, I did this with one of my, one of my mentors that helped get me into this business named Jamie Newberg. He, he made a comment. I said, Jamie, that was 20 years ago. You know, he reminds me of this guy. You know, that's how he plays. I'm like, Jamie, that was, that was 20 years ago. So, you know, in that case, I look to where did, you know, Julio Jones and and, and A.J. Green go? You know, but that, was, six. that was 12 years ago already. And yeah. the guys that went ahead of them, Cam Newton, there's your quarterback. Von Miller, there's your pass rusher. Marcel Darius, there's your defensive tackle. And then A.J. Green and then a corner, Patrick Peterson, went ahead of Julio Jones. The other one, I know this because he should have been number one overall, um, but was Calvin Johnson. Yep, Jamarcus you know Russell. He, he he was he's as good a wide receiver prospect that's come out of the draft in in my lifetime. Um, it's different with Harrison because he is so refined. Where Calvin, go he ahead, did go number two overall behind yes. a quarterback, Jamarcus but Russell. Calvin did, yeah, yes. behind Jamarcus Russell. I I got confused because I. This was still when it was cool to be a, a running back. And I said, I said forever and ever and ever, it should have been Calvin Johnson one, Adrian Peterson two. I'm still not sure I'm wrong on that one. <laughs> I don't think you are. I mean, no. Adrian, Adrian Peterson, Joe Thomas went number three. He went before was, Adrian Peterson. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but Gaines Adams, defensive end, Levy Brown, Leron Landry, and then Adrian Peterson at seven. And then one of the top five Atlanta Falcons busts of all time. Jamal. Uh, Jamal Anderson. I, I put him in a video of their their draft bus top five. Uh, Jamal Anderson out of Arkansas. Yeah, but after that, um, after those top three, I think you probably have Olu Fashanu from uh, Penn State, who's still mm-hmm. a little bit of work in pro, uh, work in project, work in progress. The, progress. Yeah, he's a work in progress. He's a project that is a work in progress. Yes, uh, very young player, but he would help reset your offensive line for a number of years. I mean, his proportion and movement skills and his. Uh, just stickiness with his hands are awesome. He still has some technique work to go as well, but he'd be number four overall. I think at this point, uh, pretty confident that those guys will end up being top five picks. That's what you're talking about right now for the Broncos. After that, I don't think that you have uh, undoubtable blue chippers. Brock Bowers is very good. Maybe he'd be the next one, but he's kind of just a weird type of player as well. A big slot. I mean, there's value there, but it's not, you know, Marvin Harrison, junior boundary wide receiver. Jared verse is really good. Johnny Newton's good. Latu, Latu, Joe Alt, Kalen King, Chop Robinson, but you know, those aren't blue chip guys. Those are first round grade players in comparison to blue chip superstar talents. So maybe it is the best thing uh, for the Broncos to keep losing, to get themselves a top three, top four pick, because I think those other guys we talked about are uh, difference makers. But if you're picking to pick five to pick 12, I don't think there's right now that much of a difference. We have a long way to go on a lot of evaluations to happen. The guys will step up and stand out, but uh, that's, that's how it seems right now. Yeah. And going back to, you know, the, the NIL money and stuff, I think the signing bonus availability will still lean towards the NFL, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the, the number one overall pick Bryce young, his average salary is about 10. Um, you know, his base salary is only seven fifty, even his signing bonus only counts uh, six one. So his cap hits only six nine. Caleb Williams could make more than six, more than seven million dollars at USC next year. He absolutely could. Um, but he got a twenty seven million dollars signing bonus. He's not making thirty million dollars in one year at USC. So 
I, I think the NFL is still pretty safe for the most part about not having too many of their guys turning down their money in the top five. For now. Um, we'll see what the leverage sh- shows with all of that. But yeah, this is a, uh, this is bad. And uh, man, I, how tough uh, for the Broncos and how embarrassing for the Walton Penner group. Um, again, thank God it was squared away on the, one of the, uh, the m- early morning games where, you know, they could just uh, take that one off um, and shout out to Mike McDaniel for, I'm almost a little bit pissed that he didn't go for the record, you know, like just, just kick the damn field goal. They just uh, don't let them get off easy. <laughs> just like that. I feel like you're playing with your food now. Like, like they were the whole game, you know, you did, they deserved the 73 yeah, in the record. You didn't deserve just, to not be in the record book. It was, um, I, I, I cut that video up and put it on, um, put it on my Facebook page. If you haven't seen it already, which won't load right now while I'm doing this, and, you know, reading quotes and knowing what happened is so much different. And Michael Ranchio coming in, he says, great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. The only way is up. You know, actually, you know, listening, listening to, and I'll put the link in the chat, listening to him say it and his body language and all the reasons behind it, his, it just made you admire the hell out of Mike McDaniel. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I just dropped it in the chat just saying, listen, you know, the records and stuff, that's one thing, but that wasn't our goal. We weren't going to change. We'd already accomplished our goal and we weren't going to start changing goals in the middle of this to go chasing numbers. That's not what I'm about. Yeah. And he said that for, he, he, he was very, very humble and respectful. And I thought it was a hell of a two minute soundbite from him. And uh, he's one of the more popular guys in the media because he actually gets up there and says interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made, made me more of a fan of, of him for sure. Just, uh, the way he handled that just, I thought it was heartfelt is the way I put it sincere, yeah. which is rare in this business. So Scott, final question is what happened? What happens now? Uh, I bet I, Sir Galahad posted a few times. He's betting $10,000 Vance Joseph's fire <laughs> in the next 24 hours. I, from what I've gathered around, I would be surprised if Vance Joseph is fired this early uh, because you're a pigeon, you know, pushing around pieces on a chessboard and it's still just, you know, shitting all over the board. There's not, just, it's not, it'd be an internal replacement, probably. I mean, it would be, uh, you know, hey, Christian, do you want this job? You, you want to be defensive coordinator? And if he jumps at it, say, yeah, you know, then, then possible, you know, and Diamond Rattlers wants to absolve blame of George Payton. That's fine, but then you ask the wrong question. Or maybe it's the right question, but I'll give you the answer. Why would Peyton be on the hot seat? He was stripped of his power. You just answered your own question. I guess that's what I was trying to get out. What exactly do you do here? If he's stripped of his power and he's just taken up a spot and million-dollar contract in an office space, why is he even still there? Hot seat, it it should be an empty seat. If if, if you're just an empty suit, why are you even here? So, again, Diamond, that's a question where we can say, why are you blaming George Payton and I'll have that conversation. But the conversation is, is he on the hot seat? Yeah, he's 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 gone. He he won't be there. Uh guys, I put the number February 1st, probably before that, but February 1st, beginning of really the next season, George Payton won't be with the Denver Broncos. And also, he was stripped of his power, but you're talking about a sample size of one offseason. Uh mm-hmm. that 2022 draft that falls on George Payton, the Russell Wilson trade falls on George Payton, that Nathaniel Hackett stuff falls on George Payton. I mean, he is going to be uh, pretty rough. And uh, no, we're not trying to push a, a Russ's fault agenda here, Jar Ja. I think that's just a general thumbnail that we have yeah, on our, there. Yeah, that's our that's our Broncos for breakfast graphic. Yeah, that's just a <laughs> boilerplate. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, um, that's, no, that's, our, that's our graphic. That's our that's our logo. Yeah, it wasn't uh, specific to the uh, the game against Miami. It's just he's the quarterback. So, yeah, uh, yeah, Scott, I don't know. It's a tough game to go from here. We'll take it week by week. Uh, the Broncos have a uh, pretty unbelievable that we will be uh, in a meaningless game in October. But uh, it feels that way. Still only 0-3. You could turn things around this season. We'll see what happens against the Bears. But uh, we got to get on out of here. It's been an hour and uh, – we got to go again live tomorrow um, and only so many ways to talk about, uh, man, this team is not very good, but that was a uh, eye opening and going to be a long week in Dove Valley and uh, good luck to Sean Payton's sleep cycle, because I had imagined that it is already off the rails there. And uh, hopefully there's a coffee, a good coffee near uh, Dove Valley, but appreciate everybody coming in today. A lot of super chats kind of working through all the, uh, 
the darkness, but hopefully uh, Broncos can have a better game next week and stay healthy and uh, see how they play. Make sure you're following Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at, uh, was it BFB underscore pod, as well as at mile high huddle. Uh, of course, follow us on facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe to this show. Uh, like it over on social media and share it on your socials as well. We'd really appreciate that uh, on to Chicago. Uh, it's a rough game for the Broncos, but it is only one game. You don't get an extra loss for getting beat that badly. So Owen three still a chance to accomplish some things uh, this season, hopefully for the Broncos and evaluate the players. And you know what? Scott and I are both absolutely draft team building psychopaths, fanatics. Uh, so Maybe we'll have a chance to really see a team tear down and uh, some assets to play with and see what that looks like. Yeah, and year four, so far we've only had one first-round pick. Well, we've been doing this together, Nick. Yeah. That was Pat Sertan. That worked out pretty good. want to say uh, thank you to our super chatters and everybody else that's joined in. We had a lot of new faces, so make sure you hit the hit the like button and the subscribe button so you can get alerts when we come back on because we had a lot of folks in today. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, but Erwin Serrano coming in, KB82, that's Kenny coming in twice. Justin Lloyd coming in twice, thank you. And Naj Altoff and then Michael Ronquillo opening and closing today. So thank you so much for the support. It means a lot to us. Yeah, you guys are killer. Uh, appreciate the heck out of you. Um, yeah, I'm, you guys are awesome for coming in and hanging out with us today. Uh, it's I don't even know what you say about a 70 to 20 loss. Hopefully you worked through it uh, with us as well. If you have anything after the uh, the fact, make sure you hit us up on Twitter. Were we too hard about something? Were we not hard enough about something? Um, it's uh, it's an issue in Denver right now. And uh, the one positive is that, uh, in theory, nowhere else to go uh, but up. But uh, hopefully it's better. And, yeah, shout out. Positive of the game. Marvin Mims looks like he's going to be a fun player, and the offense is competent. So uh, even if it is a sort of, you know, pushing crap around the toilet rest of the 14 games this season, we might have some fun offense and competency on that side of the ball in the very least. Uh, Scott, any final thoughts? No, no. Um, you know, just maybe this one just came in from Brian Warner, new face. So again, lots of new faces in here. Hit that like, and subscribe. Uh, we're knocking on the door at 20,000 on mile high huddle on YouTube. And I, it's been a goal of mine as I've been working with these guys for the last couple of years. I said, get rid of Vance Joseph ASAP and your problem will be solved. Only it was that easy. If you want to find out why it's not that easy, rewatch the show. We just spent 62 minutes talking about it. <sighs> yep, it's uh, going to be interesting to follow this team the rest of the year. But you know what? We're still going to be here. We're not going anywhere. We're along for the ride. Let's ride. God bless it. Have a great rest of your day, guys. Uh, don't let this get you too far down. It's just football. and uh, But it's more than football. Broncos will be back one day. But appreciate everyone. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.